0: Hello my friends, this is Bishop Campbell welcoming you again to a short meditation on the theme of living the Catholic life. The month of November is dedicated, of course, to the commemoration of all saints, and in fact, if you glance at the liturgical calendar for this month, you'll notice that it is filled with the lives of many saints. And it's interesting that we should begin the month by remembering all of those holy men and women whose names we do not know, as well as remembering the faithfully departed on All Souls Day. For November is not only the month of saints, it is also a month dedicated to understanding the nature of of the Church. It's interesting that toward the end of this month we end with the feast of Christ the King which is the last Sunday in ordinary time and signals the end of our liturgical year. Very powerful month. And during these months not uh, this month not only do we celebrate a significant number of saints' feast days we also remember that we are part of a living church that stretches back into time and forward into the future. We remember the saints that have gone before us and we pray for their continued detention and intercession. We pray for those who have died and are awaiting that final purification before they are admitted to the very face of God. And we remember ourselves we here living in the church community in this time and place, and all gathered in one community of faith and communion of sacraments and belief, while waiting for the end of time when the victory of Jesus Christ will be fully revealed. And in the nature of the church a living reality back into history and stretching into the future. We have, of course, the example and the power of the many saints whose lives and devotion to the name of Jesus Christ has brought them now into the very presence of his kingdom. And we think of of the church as it is often described as a building, Of course, that is one of the ways in which we use the word church to describe the very building in which the church gathers. But that idea of the building is, in a metaphorical way, used to touch on the reality of the church, which is the people, uh, the disciples, the followers uh, of Christ. And in that building of the church, The cornerstone holding the entire structure together, of course, is Jesus Christ. Our Lord who builds his church on the foundation of the apostles, a firm foundation, and continues to sustain the church with her saints. And of course, it's interesting in uh, reading the history of the saints in their biographies We realize that from time to time, God raises up saints for a very particular reason, in order to give a particular gift or presence to the church. Because the building known as the church is a building that needs attention, generation after generation. Because we know, as in most buildings, and of course I'm speaking metaphorically here about uh, the Holy Church of God, the building needs continuing attention. Sometimes that building is weathered by storms and requires repair. At other times, there's a need to plug a leak or replace a broken window. Or at still other times, Her stones need a thorough cleaning. And at all times, the building which is the church needs a constant reminder of who she is and what she's about. Now, of course, I think if we extend the metaphor to the saints, we might realize that from time to time we need a plumber or a glazier or one that has a power wash. And in a sense, in a very charming sense, I think you can apply it to particular saints who appear at a time and offer an example and a reality that the church may need at that moment in her life. Now, I I say all of this, uh, not only to bring to mind the great power and the wonderful work of the saints within our living church. But particularly, we celebrate today the Feast of St. Charles Borromeo, a saint that has always attracted me because of the many curious details of his life, but is also deep, profound devotion to the church as that living body of Christ, that church that needs that constant attention, and that church that is called from generation to generation to become more deeply devoted to the cause of Christ and to be able to preach it with greater clarity. St. Charles Borromeo was born toward the beginning of the 16th century to a very famous, very influential, and a very rich family in Italy. The Borromeos had long had that powerful position in Rome, and in fact uh, had a very powerful position within the governance of the church. But Charles felt that he had been called to a particular vocation within that church, and in fact surrendered his title and turned back his wealth to serve the church. Now, it's it's interesting, not only that he came from that rich and influential uh, background and then decided to become simply a servant uh, of God through the church, his career in the church was actually begun because his uncle was pope and became part of what many consider to be a kind of notorious organization within uh, the uh, church's curia of the pope naming their nephews as cardinals and advisors, and this was true to begin with St. Charles. But St. Charles, at the direction of his, his uncle, who was very influential in the Council of Trent, became very devoted to that council, which was the reforming council, the council that was called to face the Powerful challenge of the Protestant Reformation. A church, that, uh, a council that was called to, in a sense, reorient the activity of her members at that time and place. And Charles Borromeo, who had attended many of the sessions, became absolutely committed to making the decisions, the decrees of the council a reality in the reorientation, in the Reformation uh, of the Church. He was appointed Archbishop of Milan, uh, an archbishopric that had, of course, a very uh, extraordinary history. It was the Archbishop uh, C. of St. Ambrose, the uh, famous preacher, church father, and the one who led St. Augustine into the Church. And when St. Charles Borromeo went to Milan, he found a great deal of neglect. In fact, he became the first residential bishop, actually living in his sea city, for probably 30 or 40 years. Uh, 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 his predecessors apparently had allowed their vicars to do the business of the archdiocese. And when he uh, came to Milan, he immediately began instituting the reforms called by the Consul of Trent. But I think what is most uh, extraordinary about St. Charles Borromeo, although he used his uh, authority very quickly, very rapidly, and very pointedly, in fact, his call uh, to reform a couple of the religious orders that were resident in Milan— resulted in one religious order, hiring a hitman to shoot him. And uh, that occurred at Vespers once in the cathedral. But, of course, the pistol at that time was a very poor quality. The, the bullet uh, did strike Charles Borromeo, not causing much damage. But he remained very proud of that wound, of that scar that he had. In fact, often would show it to people, saying, "Ah, this is the price of being a bishop. But it was just a sign of his commitment to this, but his most extraordinary gift was a realization that the first obligation of a bishop is to teach and to exhort and to preach the authentic faith. And to do this not only from the pulpit, but to do it by reforming the clergy and by instructing the people he was very concerned that all of the baptized uh, know their, their catechism, their creed, know what it means to give a Catholic example. And he himself uh, proved how powerful his example when uh, the city of Milan was struck by the plague, a terrible epidemic. And many uh, of the people who could just fled the city But St. Charles remained. He tended to the sick and the dying. He wanted that presence of the Church of Christ to be real. He himself succumbed to the plague and died in his mid-forties. But the words he preached, the actions he took, his deep love and devotion to the Church and the offering of all that he had, name, wealth, everything to the purpose of Christ, allows us to realize the great gift that saints are to our Church. And I think this month of November is, offers a particular opportunity to give a special thanks to God for the lives of the saints and to remember that that is the vocation of all of us, to become a saint in our own time, in our own place, under our own circumstances. We listen for God to give direction, to make the call, and we pray God for the grace to respond.